Hey, everybody. Back again. It's Scaring and Sharing. Yes, we're going to share some scares with each other and you, because that's what we do in this space. Yeah, that's the name of the show. And today I'm wearing a tank top, which is usually your thing. Sun's out, guns out, mantra. Yeah. I'm going to go to the pool later today. Not like the pool, like to go swimming like I should be doing, but like I have a friend who's like house sitting and we're going to like hang out at the pool at the house. It's like the perfect setup for like a horror movie, you know? I mean, yes, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, that's how Slumber Party Massacre ends. The original (laughs) at a pool. Yeah, so. And you are Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And you are Brandy Joe, the flame and scream queen, plan back. I really am. Hi. Hello. You really are. <laughs> I really am. I really am. Jeremy, it's great to see you. And I just, since I mentioned the pool party, I'm going to like jump really quick. I know this maybe happens a little later, but I watched one movie this week and it's called Hellbender on the recommendation of friend of the podcast, Nico. It's like a cool. Shudder original. And it's weird because yeah. on Shudder, I could find it in that like Joe Bob episodes, mm-hmm. but I couldn't find it like as its own thing without that. So. Oh, weird. But and it's like, it's got to be on there. It's a Shutter original. But uh, mm-hmm. it is so good. And there is a part where they are like swimming at someone's pool that's like not their own. And it doesn't turn. Well, I'm not going to say. But I highly recommend this movie. It is so fucking good. It's by the Adams family. Have you heard of them? Yeah, I was going to say the only thing I know about this movie really, because um, I remember the title and I remember hearing when it came out and then like, it's suddenly gotten a recent, maybe part of it is because Joe Bob just played it on an episode. It seems like it's back in the horror, you know, uh, zeitgeist, if you will, the community, they're talking about it again, but everyone's like, it was made by this family. Oh my like, God. It's so cool. Yeah. Wrote they're all and directed in it. it together. It's like a husband, wife, and their two daughters. They're all in it. Like they all like work on the cinematography and the editing mm-hmm. and all this shit. It's, so cool. I, I guess they have they have a band together too. That's what I heard. Well, like in the, family, it, the mother a and daughter band. have a band. So I don't know outside of that. I know that there's like one other movie of theirs that's on like my little streaming site that I use. So I'm gonna try to check that out. Okay. I don't. I, it's, it well, sounds, I guess as a family yeah. they they, they play music band. together. So that's something I heard. Yeah, they are a band. Their music is good, so. and it's just a really. I mean, it, it's definitely touches on it's like a witch sort of story and okay it is just really unique it and like it it seems very low budget but it's done really really well and i just can't recommend it enough so nico thank you nico and i don't always align on our feelings on films like sometimes he really loves movies i'm like oh hate that but uh but mm-hmm. this was one where we came together so very cool yeah i've been meaning to check that one out so. yes you must now i have a joe bob question because i've never really gotten into sure. it sure mm-hmm. and i th- may have asked this before as well so stop me or just like okay. whatever but like when he does these films 
he like interjects with like trivia and things about the movies, but the whole movie is played. It's not like Mystery Science Theater 3000 where just bits of it are shown. Yeah, so um, he, of, of course, when he originally started, you know, back in the day, he was on some cable channel. I think it was the movie channel, actually, which I believe still exists as a cable oh, yeah, channel. TMC. And that was like, yeah, way back in the day, like at the like in the 80s, he was on that hosting. It was like drive-in theater, it was called. And then he made the jump to basic cable because he got so popular on TBS Monster Vision. That's how I knew him growing up. Like I would catch uh, when he would do like Godzilla Night, and I get to stay up and watch that and stuff. And those, of course, being on basic cable, were cut for time and content uh, and commercial breaks. So when he came back, because his fandom remained, everyone was always like, "You got to have another show." Blah blah blah. And so Shutter finally scooped him up in recent years and brought him back. But they kept mostly the same format, which he said he always thought was funny that people were still like, no, we want you to interject in the movies. Like they play the whole movie uncut, like the whole movie's in there. Got but it. He still, he still breaks in at like, if it were on broadcast television, that's where the commercial breaks would be. Like he still breaks in every 10, 15, 20 minutes, you know, wherever uh, yeah. you would have had your commercial breaks. So it's kind of funny that they still follow that format just no commercials just him telling you some stuff about the movie and uh whatever like part of his character he goes on like rants about weird things too so you know that's built in there weird tangents and things but that's that's what he does yeah i've tried a couple of times where i'm like oh i maybe i can find out some cool trivia about this movie or whatever and i'm just like yeah just uh i don't this isn't my thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he, I know he's a very distinct character. Like a lot of people are crazy about it where like the idea is that, you know, he's a redneck movie critic and that's what the character is based around redneck sure. Texan movie critics. So now when he's away from the show, like if he's just on the street going to buy milk, does he present differently than he does on the show? I, I don't think so, so much anymore, because now he's done like a lifetime. Uh, I think mo- a lot of his real so- John Bloom is the name, his real name. Uh, and he's like a journalist uh, by trade. He was a movie critic and a, 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 I feel like science or something like that is actually what he specialized in as a movie critic. So he's got okay. like books under his real name about like really deep like science and history stuff. But uh, no, I think at this point he's played Joe Bob so long that if you meet him, there's really no distinction between the two anymore. <laughs> but okay. uh, there used to be. I think there used to be. I also read something on my gay horror Facebook group that someone was talking about Nope. I think they put up like all the character posters that came out like this yeah. last week. And someone put Nope equals not of planet Earth. And I don't know if that's official <gasps> from the movie or if this is this person's like thought, but like, I know you're not crazy about the title and I wonder if yeah, that is what it is. That kind of changes things. Cause I, I just watched the new trailer that came out. Okay. Which really kind of, kind of cements what the movie's about. So okay, a lot more than the earlier teaser so trailers stay did away from it. So stay away because it sounds like if somebody says not of planet or okay, it's all starting to make sense to me. Uh, although he wasn't in any of the teasers and I got really excited in this new trailer. Uh, uh, his name is escaping me, but he played top dollar in the crow, the, you know, the lead gangster bad guy. Uh, okay. apparently he's like a major, that actor's a major character in this movie. Interesting. And uh, that's moving he forward, in the new right? trailer. 
the remake I read this week is yeah 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 I think I mean, it they is. keep I saying think it, it but is. like every time I read about it, they're like but for sure really it is moving forward like they're all because I guess it's had many failed attempts at happening like yes, there's some sort has. of bidding war happening for it or something along those lines. Michael Wincott, that's the name of the actor. Okay. But yeah, apparently he's in Nope all of a sudden. Where like he, he, I didn't see his name or image of him in any of the uh, other, you know, uh, advertising stuff that was coming out. So I was shocked to watch this new trailer. And then all of a sudden he's like very prominent in it. And I was like, oh, whoa, Michael Wincott. Cool. Great character actor to throw in there. Yeah. My two most anticipated movies of the summer are that and The Black Phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited. When the that. fuck is the black phone coming out? I feel like, like I've like been hearing July. about it for like for like over a year or more. They've been like saying it's coming soon. I've seen that trailer so many fucking times. I just want to see this movie. No, and the date has been set. It's actually June 24th. So it is soon, awesome. my friend. It is Nope that Very comes out cool. July 22nd. So they're about a month apart. And I am yeah. so excited because I, I know what it's about. And I listened to the trailer while closing my eyes at one of the films we went to. And so, yeah. like, even though I already knew what it was about, it, like, you know, I know just slightly a bit more, but don't really have any visuals except for, like, the poster and stuff. So I know he wears, like, creepy masks, but I love creepy masks. And I'm excited. It just sounds so cool. And I was going to say, uh, yeah, there's like just a ton of trailers coming out right now for stuff. Uh, and I, I I know it looks like we have a teragram that touches on this. Uh, yes. The new Predator movie, Prey. Prey. Looks awesome. Yeah, I saw the poster, Prey. but I didn't watch the trailer. Do you want to kick us off? I have one as well. Yeah, I guess so. Let's let's get into the teragrams then with yes, that being said. Teragrams. Uh, and from my brother... He writes with the subject line, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Uh, And he he writes Predator, a movie I have seen more times than I can count. Hell, I can't even remember a time before Predator. That's thanks to our dad. He exposed us to that movie (laughs) far too young. Uh, It has always just been in my life. It is the perfect combination of horror and action. A team of Green Berets on a mission in the jungles of South America find themselves in the crosshairs of an extraterrestrial big game hunter. Such a great take on the most dangerous game concept. Now, in one of my previous emails, I compared Predator to a slasher film, and I still stand by that statement. The Predator functions much the same way as Jason or Michael, but unlike them, it does not target helpless teenagers. It goes after anyone that will put up a fight. Uh, it picks off characters one by one until there's no one left. Uh, but it is not a final girl. It's a last man standing. Now, when Jason is defeated, he always rises from the grave. The Predator, on the other hand, is not supernatural and can be killed, but it is a member of an entire race of hunters. That brings me to the main reason I wrote in this week. The trailer for the new entry in the series dropped, which is titled Prey, uh, set during the age of the Comanche Nation, a young woman breaking the gender norms of her tribe has to deal with a predator on safari. Now, if you ask me, that plot is tailor made for you to Jay loves historical pieces and Brandy Joe likes films with female leads that break stereotypes and norms. I hope you guys <laughs> review it for the show. Bert. Oh my God. It's like, he's listened to us before. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, it's like he listens to us every week. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I <laughs> just like, I almost didn't know what it was. But then I read mm-hmm. something that said it was like a Predator sequel, yeah. branch off, and extension. I, I'm I'm excited for it too because like Predator is such a it's a cool concept, um, 
and they've tried to get cute and mix it up with the series, like doing weird stuff, you know, because you have like the original couple, I think, are well, the original is a classic. And I think the sequel Predator 2, the first one is underrated. I know some people hate it, uh, but I think it's underrated. Uh, and then they went off and did there's Predators that Robert Rodriguez did. That one was OK. Uh, and then there's the Alien versus Predator movies, which I think are pretty are terrible. There's two of them. Okay. Uh, and the first one was just a cheese fest and the second one's even worse. So it's like, I don't know. I think when you start mixing predator with other stuff, it gets too weird. And then I thought that last one they did the predator was just horrible because they, they added way too much like lore in that one where they like changed like, Oh, the predator had this other mission. What you thought you knew about these aliens is wrong. We've changed it. And now we have this whole other plot for it. And they made it, too complex too much stuff in there it's like no it is just it's a monster from space that comes to earth to kill people because it likes hunting like that's that's perfect now take (laughs) that and drop it into different scenarios and it works so that's why i think it's really cool with this new movie that they're like all right we're gonna go back to that core concept but put it in a new historical context instead of like you know the original movie was tied into like some cold war politics in the eighties because they're down in South America, you know, during some American backed coup or whatever it, it played to modern at the time, modern politics that were going on. So it's like, yeah, I don't get And then the second movie was in the inner city in Los Angeles. It's like, okay, just take the predator and drop him into different dangerous situations (laughs) throughout history. That's cool. So I'm excited to see this one. And does the second one take place in like, uh, urban setting yeah like yeah city? second one yeah they're like right in downtown los angeles and the second okay. one where it's supposed to be during like th- th- in that one it was you know made in the early 90s and they do the whole like in the not too distant future in the beginning and it's like in la where there's like some riot going on or something like that and that's when the predator shows up got it yeah. okay well bert thanks for writing in and yes i We'll check out the Predator series one of these days. One of these days, yeah. I think I have the first one on the list. Maybe I should get it in there before this new one comes out, at the very least. Because you definitely don't need to watch all of them. Just yeah, familiarize yourself probably with the original. Yeah, that's probably it. So, cool. I have a telegram from Teacher Dro, who writes Mm -hmm. us, Hey guys, episode 83. A great time as usual. Though I have to say I am not a fan of the witches. The subgenre of witches does not appeal to me. But ironically, I love movies about curses. Figure that one out. Do the two of you have any similar paradoxes when it comes to your taste in horror subgenres? I finally started Stranger Things season four, and I like it a lot. The special iconic horror guest in episode four makes it worth the watch. I appreciated the brief discussion of Sin City and Frank Miller, and like my kindred spirit, Jeremy, enjoy the second movie as well. Till next time, stay healthy, stay happy, stay you. Love to you both, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Your kindred spirits. That's cute. There's at least one more fan of the second Sin City because I've like never, I don't know anyone that's like, oh, I liked the second one. Like everybody hates it. So it's, it's like, yes, of course, Teacher Drew is on my side. <laughs> uh, let's see. So Teacher Drew's question about like anomalies and something you like paradoxes. or paradoxes. Thank you. Um, are they the same I can thing? Say it right. Yeah. 
Kind of. Okay, but not. not I totally. think they can be. I think they can overlap in the the Venn diagram. Okay, paradox is a better word. So what what were yep. you gonna say? You have one. I was gonna say literally the uh, the reverse of what he just said. Like I think witch horror is awesome. Like I love a good witch movie, uh, but I can't really think of any like. There's probably only a couple like quote unquote curse movies when it's about a curse. I'm not necessarily like, oh, I gotta watch this. Because well, here's mind, two great ones: The Ring. And Drag Me to Hell are both curse movies, I would venture That's to say. That's true. That's true. Although I would argue, okay, yeah, I guess I like them, but it's just, it doesn't, like, if I hear it's about a curse, I'm not necessarily excited at first. I gotta sure. get, like, talked into it. Because The Ring, and again, it's part of my aesthetic. I like monsters and creatures and shit like that. And at least The Ring has, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, Naomi Watts? Sam- Oh, Samara. Yes, Samara. <laughs> Naomi Watts, yes, that's the creature I'm thinking of. No, Samara. Well, I thought you meant like, oh, I just have the fucking hots for Naomi Watts. I thought that's what you were going to oh, no, say. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, it's got, you know, a cool monster girl in it. So that kind of is like, okay. Uh, or, you know, Drag Me to Hell, for example, that has a witch. So it kind of overlaps She's with the a both. She's gypsy, so. I believe, is the term they use. <laughs> yeah, true. But still, to me, it's an old witch woman. So it's like, perfect, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, no, it is. Um, yeah, it's all those things. I'm trying to think, but that there's another, another, and it, yet again, there's another old, there's an older movie from the fifties the called night of the demon, sometimes called curse of the demon. That's about right. a curse, but, okay. but that's got cool. That's got a cool monster in it. So <laughs> that's what keeps my interest there. But I, I don't know. Let me think about this. Is there anything where I'm like, it seems paradoxical. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I'm not, I can't think of anything either. Cause I think about like my, Things that I don't necessarily like, which is like historical things, but I don't have like a, but I do like this or I'm, I mean, I love ghost movies and stuff, but I'm not, I guess. No, mm, mm -mm, nope. That's nope. Yeah. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. You know what? If it comes to me in the time we're away, I will definitely pop back on. I do want to say about Stranger Things because I've yet to watch it, but what I'm so Mm -hmm. excited about is that Kate Bush is running up that hill has gotten all this love. Like it is like blown up because of that show. And I think that there's like a special stranger things version. Like I think the one that they have in it maybe is slightly remixed or something. Remastered. Yeah. I'm excited for that. But Joe was telling me that like it's back in the top 10 and it's like the longest stretch of time for a song that like, did well i think it's done well more better now than it ever did but like there's yes. some like records it's blown or like yeah. you know surpassed which i think is impressive and I, I i'm like one of those people too that i think it's so funny that there's a whole new generation that like who's this kate bush person that everyone's <laughs> talking about and like uh, anyone anyone between like the 80s up to like the early 2000s, if you were at all interested in uh, especially alternative music at all, or, you know, goth, uh, or any of those, like, tangentially related subcultures, you knew who Kate Bush was. Like, you heard of her because she's such a huge figure. Like, alternative, avant-garde, goth, all of those things, like, are big on her music. So, of course, I'm like, yes, I've known who Kate Bush was ever since I was interested in, like, alternative music so it's it's funny that it's like there's yeah. this whole group that we're like uh yeah she's good we've known it for like our whole lives and now all of a sudden everyone else is catching up but it is such a good song like i love a lot of her mm-hmm. music but i love love yeah. love that song 
And I think because Stranger Things is such a gigantic thing in the zeitgeist, it makes sense why it's taken off. Because they also use yeah. a song of hers in that movie with Andy Samberg, where there was like the time loop. Palm Springs. Did you watch that? No, I haven't oh, seen that one. It is so good. But, but th- there was a song in that. Of it. It's really good. There's a song in that yeah. that I did not know of Kate Bush's because I'm not super educated on her. I know like this woman's work, yeah. which is amazing and running up that hill and like a couple of others. Um, Don't give up that Peter Gabriel duet. But yeah, Wuthering Heights, I think, is an amazing song. Yeah. And I don't know that one as well. Oh, check it out. Wuthering okay. Heights is so good. Because she's unique and a little strange, like kind of reminds yes. me of like, like she was like her generations, like Tori Amos in a way. <laughs> like she kind of has that vibe. Yeah. Which, shout out to my friend Ben, who loves Tori Amos uh, almost as much as he loves Nicole Kidman, maybe more. I don't know. But I think Running Up That Hill is fucking brilliant. And I've always found like cool covers and remixes of it. And I just think it's great. Yeah. But yeah, I just I I'm excited to hear the one that's in the show, and I'm I'm so happy for her. Like, good go, Kate Bush, get them. Yeah, absolutely. More people. Yeah, like you, I'm kind of a casual fan. Like, I know a bunch of the the hits and have delved into an album here or there, but I really need to immerse myself and really. I also love Hounds of Love, which I only got into because of the movie Hounds of Love, which is sort of based mm-hmm. on a true crimey thing. It's a little intense. I, I liked it. I didn't love it. But I was like, oh, this is based on a Kate Bush song, like the title. So I've since listened to that song. That sound, that song is fucking great, too. So yeah. Yeah. She's fucking great. I really should get like her discography. Or, I have Apple Music because of my husband. So I should just like listen yep. to all of her songs and like put the ones I like in a playlist and listen to them all. Yes, absolutely. The new age mixtape. Yes. Put together your playlist. Yep. And also just, I know teacher drew touched on the witches. I tried to watch the remake and Ooh. the first bit up until where they, where they get to the hotel is so mm-hmm. fucking good. Octavia Spencer is beautiful. I love how they shift things up. Like you were talking about, um, mm-hmm. like how it's not set over in England. It's in America and like the, the South and it's, it's so good. But as soon as they get to that fucking hotel, as soon as the witches show up, just like it all falls apart. It is just not oh, good. No. It's too much. And I just was like, yeah, I don't want to watch this anymore. Even though I was so invested <laughs> and like that oh, first like, no. 15, 20 minutes. It was so okay. good. Okay. So maybe yeah. I'll go back and finish it or maybe I won't. Well, I'm glad you're reporting back because I almost thought of that. Like, do we throw that on the list for like a, you know, for both of Mm-mm. us later? But, Mm-mm. but okay. No. Got it. What did you watch this week? Um, The only thing I want to throw out there of importance, since there's a new Jurassic Park out. Uh, in theaters, uh, Sarah and I did the other night rewatch the original Jurassic Park, mm. um, which is definitely a shared movie. It's a favorite movie of both of ours. Uh, and I mean, it just it holds up to me. It's like it's a perfect blockbuster, you know, summer thrill ride. Uh, every time I rewatched it, I'm taken back to the first time I saw it in theaters as a kid. And it scared the shit out of me. The scene where the Tyrannosaurus first shows up, like was one of the most thrilling things I can remember ever seeing in theaters. So, uh, you know, the OG Jurassic Park is just so good. So, um, none of the rest of the series, I don't think any of the rest of the series (laughs) comes close. Uh, and from what I'm hearing, it sounds like this new one doesn't either. It's not particularly great, but oh, well, at least we get 
Dr. Grant, Dr. Sattler, and Dr. Malcolm all back together again in a movie. Those characters are fantastic. So, yeah, that is at least good. But yeah, I was a little excited for it. And then I've just not heard anyone love it. So, exactly. So, but it's like as long as we have the original, which still stands up as such an awesome movie. So, and I read that like Jaws is coming back to theaters in like September. Whoa, cool. I think in like IMAX and maybe 3D. I might be wrong there, but I read that it's yeah. coming back to the theaters. And I'm like, why September? Like it should be like the summer. Yeah, July. The movie's set yeah. in July. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Fourth of July weekend is where it's set near. So So I don't um, know. What the fuck? That's weird. And speaking of too, uh, the thing. John Carpenter's The Thing is in theaters again right now for some mm. anniversary. So, but again, weird choice. Like, I didn't think of that as a summer movie. I think of like, winter. you'd do it closer to Halloween or even in the winter because of the yeah. setting. So, yeah. Huh. What's up with these people? They're weird. Yeah. Come on, guys, making weird choices. <laughs> do you have any other horror news? Uh, I f- oh, man. Every time I feel like I saw something, but oh, one thing I do want to say, I'm going to blame my my COVID brain in past episodes. There were a couple of things I wanted to say. One, I'm, I'm going to say it on here because I feel like at least listeners that write in regularly can help keep me accountable. So I started writing a screenplay recently. Mm. Um, and this is something I've done since college. Same concept where I've had, I'll call it a series of false starts. I've tried to write this damn thing multiple times over the years, but recently I was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm finally going to write, I'm going to write this damn thing and be done with it because I've thought about it since college when I came up with the concept and it is a werewolf movie set at college. So that's the, that's the quick synopsis for you. So I'm, I'm working on my roommate is a werewolf. That's my working title. Uh, Amazing. And uh, yeah, guys, I got like 30 pages or so written thus far. Um, So I wanted to say it on here because I haven't written in a minute. I fell off of my schedule I had (laughs) where I was writing every day. So I'm going to put it on here to hold me accountable. So write in and say, Jeremy, how's the screenplay going from time to time? So, hey, Jeremy, how's the screenplay going? (laughs) Poorly right now. I need to start writing it again. So, get to um, it. it, it's fun, like flexing those muscles again. Like yeah. writing was something I used to do all the fucking time, creative writing, and I kind of fell off in adult life. So I really have felt the the urge to do it again. So yeah, my minor's in writing, and I haven't written anything in so many years. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a short play in grad school along with mm-hmm. your wife. We had to do it for a class, and oh, okay. I don't think I've um, done it yet. Done anything. Wow. Well, since I, mean, I love write, writing poetry, so I should, oh. that's an easy thing to just like pick up and like it has something on your mind and just spill it out on the page as a poem. Yeah, absolutely. I used to write poetry all the time. Maybe I should try that again as a yeah, creative as a exercise, up. just a yeah, warm up. So yeah, but yeah, no, I'm I'm writing again. Also, I had a story that I thought would be be fun on here to tell was when we were in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and we did the I think I told you a little bit. We did the the haunted. It was Ghosts and Gangsters tour. Uh, and the final stop was outside the Congress Hotel, uh, which is like legendarily like haunted. I guess there's a uh, there's a story about a woman that threw herself and her children like during uh, 
this was like during World War II, she threw herself and her children from a window and killed them. Oh, okay. Uh, due to who, who, there was like a whole tragic story behind it, but that room's supposed to be very haunted now. And there's all kinds of like Al Capone used to hang out there before he was arrested. So like lots of shady things happened there. There's a room where apparently in the wall, and I, I didn't look it up to find out like why, but there's like a sculpture or the way it's plastered, it looks like hands coming through the wall. Uh, mm. And that apparently inspired the effect in the original Nightmare on Elm Street of Freddy coming through the wall. Like yeah. Wes Craven had seen that. And that's where that concept came from. Um, so that was where the tour ended. We were outside the Congress. And so Sarah and I were like, let's go into the lobby because the tour guide said it's kind of cool because it's an old hotel. It's got kind of a shining vibe like in there kind of old and run down a little bit. So we went into the lobby and we're like, cool, cool. And then we walked into the middle of I don't know if this is the correct phrase, but leather daddy like conference was going on. IML, in International Man of Leather. I think that That's was what it. It's like called. there was Yeah, that was a couple all, weeks ago. We were we walked into it. <laughs> not knowing. <laughs> we walked into the Congress Hotel and they were there, all these guys with uh dog collars and plenty <laughs> and all kinds of bondage get-ups. And we were like, Oh my god. Not what we were expecting to see here, but right on, right on. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing oh my and then God. i was kind of like oh yeah you know this was memorial day weekend so you know you know pride month is going on now so we're like right before that so i'm like i'm assuming it's tied into this but i was like how cool that's amazing how yes how i love that yeah life is just life is just fun and crazy guys we went in expecting to find ghosts but that's not what we saw <laughs> we found a bunch of gimps wait is that what yeah, they're called? that was from pulp fiction the gimps? Yeah, yeah, a bunch of gimps. Bring bunch out the of gimps, gimps, I guess. <laughs> and pups, yeah. They're having the time of their lives, so you well, know good. what? Cool. Yeah. Right yeah. on, guys. Don't hurt anybody unless you want to be hurt, and then go for it. Have fun. Yeah, that's a whole other thing, <laughs> but that's cool, guys. <laughs> well, let's get to our movies. Yeah, let's do the movies. All right. You go I first this time. I am sharing this week, and I am sharing with you a movie that very much fits the summer for me and i'll talk more about that mm -hmm. in the second part but i and i have like a secondary part to this too but i am giving you the ruins oh okay i do remember this movie like i can see the poster uh and i remember the trailers i feel like this is a uh, early 2000s mid you know the 20 mm -hmm. 20 aughts right isn't that when this came out i think um and i know it's like people go on a what is it like an archaeological uh, expedition or something? But they're in like, I think, South America, one of those ziggurats or whatever uh, in South America. And, it, and it's cursed, I think. I think this is a cursed movie. <laughs> it's probably cursed. Uh, and they got to fight off. There's going to be monsters or something, a you know, a, a plague of some kind, some sort of unearthly thing is going to kill them. So that's what I think it's about. Cool. Well, I have one little, if you have time, and I'm going to try to make mm -hmm. time as well, the filmmaker also has a short film called Bug Crush. Oh, and I okay. don't think you've watched it. And I have a little story no. about that, but I think it's like 15 or 20 minutes long. So if you have the time, watch that as well, Okay. because I would like try to and get in touch there. upon that as well. And I think it's on like YouTube or somewhere, but sure. And since I think this movie is about archaeology, I might be wrong, but I think it is. That'll tie into my choice. That cements my choice for this week. I am going to go, we're going back in time, 1932, 
to the original The Mummy, Mummy. with Boris Karloff. I knew it was going to be that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cool. Um, so that's I mean, what I'm I imagine thinking. it's about a mummy. I think he moves real slow and strangles people. And probably some sort of curse. <laughs> sure. Yeah. More. Imagine there's <laughs> Bring out the curses. Like that something is stolen from a site. The mummy is taken from there and he shouldn't have been. And therefore, you know, he comes alive and goes after the people that stole him and kills them. Kills them. Cool. But I'm cool. excited to, to add another checklist to the, the, the mon- the original monsters. Universal yes, monsters. The, the universal monsters. I know you've seen a bunch of them, so I'm trying to get all those big ones in there. For I you. hope it's one that's like an hour and five minutes long. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I don't think you'll, you won't be disappointed. It's not overly long. <laughs> well, cool. Well, I am excited. Check it out. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Don't go away. Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. And this is the part of the show where we talk about the movies. Yeah, it's where we share our scares. Oh, no, we've already shared them. Now we talk our scares. That doesn't have as nice of a ring, though. Yeah. Time to talk the shares. Or scares. The shares? (laughs) I don't know. The scares are shares. Let's review the scares. So, first up is my share to you, which is The Ruins from 2008 by Carter Smith. Directed by Carter Smith. Book by Scott Smith? I don't remember. I'll have to look that up. But the tagline is, Terror has evolved. And the description <gasps> is, Americans Amy, Stacy, Jeff, and Eric look for fun during a sunny holiday in Mexico, but they get much more than that after visiting an archaeological dig in the jungle. Dun, dun, dun! So I totally, like, remembered uh the ad campaign like when this movie came out i remember the ad campaign i remember when it was out um and i totally slept on it back then because it just looked like a i was like oh good another tourists go somewhere and die movie i feel like like teristas which just looked horrible yeah like teristas or the hostile movies or whatever the hell else i feel like this movie came out at a time where like that was in like not only was it um torture porn as they were calling it but you know it was just gory horror movies but on top of that they were also like but also they have to be going so it's got to be about tourists it's got to be about ugly americans going out in the world and getting killed in places they shouldn't be so i don't know what that fad was all about but um i don't know i'm sure somebody out there's got some kind of like critical scholarly dissection of like post 9-11 i think it's like stay in america don't leave everyone's out to kill you yeah i I feel like that's part of the post 9-11 like horror world i know a lot of people have written about that where like that changed the landscape of like what we wanted in horror movies so i feel like fascinating it's got to be related to that but um no like watching this though i feel like i shouldn't have slept on it because this one was actually fun compared to, I think, a, a lot of other movies like it at the time it was coming out. Um, this totally felt like I get like really specific, oddly specific vibes from certain movies sometimes. And this like was Little to- Shop of Horrors. Well, not that, <laughs> not not like what it's related to. But oh, okay. as as I was watching this, I had that feeling where this was the perfect movie for like 
summer vacation or something like that, where, you know, you're not working for the day. You have a morning or an early afternoon to yourself with nothing to do. So you watch cable TV. And if a movie like this is on, like this is the perfect thing to watch at that kind of moment where you're just sitting there killing time because it's simple and you don't really have to think too much once I guess the, the, the twist, if you will, spoilers people, but the twist happens and you're like, oh, that's all. Okay, and then they just die. So it's it's really real basic, and I can get behind that. Yeah, it I know of it, and how I my relationship with this material is that Joe read it. Uh, I mean, and this had to have been like seventeen years ago or so, like however long ago the book came out, like forever ago, like early two thousands or mid two like two thousand five or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the book came out, and he was like, I think Entertainment Weekly or something had given it a good rating and said like it was a good like summer scary book. So mm-hmm. he read it, and he was like, Oh, this is good. You got to read it. And I read it, and it's just funny because on paper, if you heard what it's about, like if someone told you, you'd be like. That's not scary, but the book in particular was so horrifying and so Uh well done. And I think that movie does a pretty good job of it not being like laughable. Like it's definitely like, oh, again, spoilers. These plants are eating these people. Yeah, that's it. It's just it's (laughs) as simple as just killer plants that live live at this temple. But I love that it does not go into explanation territory. Yeah. I, I love think, that it's just that's the way it is. And maybe if the locals, if you could understand them, they might have further um, in-depth like knowledge of that. But like we don't. And therefore, you know, our, our leads are sort of kept in the dark for a while. But I, I just I love that. I love and I love that the movie didn't try to do that. I don't like that the movie starts with like the woman down in underneath. Mm-hmm. I wish that that just wasn't there. Like, yeah, it would be so much better, but I can also understand in like horror movie making that like they want to have that initial little scare and like intrigue. Yeah, they want that hook in the beginning to make you because, you know, the beginning of the movie is just them being asshole kids and you're like, I don't care about this. And that's the other thing I wish. And I don't I don't remember in the book, like liking them. Like, I feel like they're similar in, mm-hmm. in that way, but I wish that you liked them. I feel like yeah. it could help. I do too. I feel like if you spent more time with them instead of really, they're very thinly sketched caricatures uh, of people. That's like, okay, we're like the party in college kids. You got the guy that's got the stick up his ass. And of course he's going to be a doctor. And then the girlfriend <laughs> that's cheating on him. And then the other two that are just friends that are there and then oh look here's the foreign guys we're friends with or we met while partying in mexico that are also not from here so of course they're gonna go die with us (laughs) yeah and i mean given the tropes of these sorts of movies did you think going into it that the foreign guy matthias or whatever did you think he was like leading them somewhere they were gonna get killed like that was the whole thing um not necessarily. I don't think I thought that much okay. about it, but I, I did start to feel like it's the plants, isn't it? Like real quickly because of just like how hard they telegraphed it. Cause like when they're going to the, the temple it, real quickly and like quick succession, there's dialogue. That's just like, 
they're mad at us. They won't let us leave. We touched the plants. There's something, you know, and they, there's a bunch of quick dialogue about these plants. So you're like, oh, the plants kill people. Like, that's what I'm expecting. And then you straight up see it like undulating and moving. So you're like, oh, okay. They're in like a giant Venus flytrap or something, essentially. So it's the book also, it's less of like a temple and more mm-hmm. of like a hill. Oh, okay. I remember that change. And also all of the characters, they're all named the same and have similar things about them, but they're, they swap up what happens to them in the movie, Oh, which okay. is fun. But like, cause yeah, Stacy, who is the one that is slicing herself up, she makes it to the very end and then she kills herself at like the base of like the, the hill. So that mm-hmm. anyone who comes eventually will see like her dead body and like not enter the area but after she does that the plants just come out and grab her and take her away and i could swear i could swear that when we saw this in the theater it ended with jenna malone driving away and no plant crawling around in her face like i could swear by it but i did all this research and couldn't find that that was once an ending okay i swear that's how i saw it so wait a minute how'd you watch this on my secret little site. Okay, I think you watched one with an alternate ending. Okay. Because the version I did was just her driving away. It's on HBO Max. Okay. Yeah, and what they have on there is her driving away. And then I went online and found out there was an alternate. On the Wikipedia, it says they filmed an alternate ending, which is the one that shows plants in her face. And then there's an alternate alternate ending that's on yeah. YouTube that I watched. Did you watch that one? I didn't watch that one, but I read about it where it's her grave and like yeah. the plants are growing there. Yeah. And but like you're making like, a noise and like the grave diggers like, what's up with this plant? Like goes to reach for it. And then it like cuts to black, which I'm like, which, I love that. Yeah. That's kind of cool. But it, it has too many questions. Like why her grave, where'd she get buried? When did she, it's <laughs> like, why would they yeah. go with that? Like, why would she get buried there? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah, long yeah. in the future is that weird? But no, I, I read though that they, uh, they changed the ending for the theatrical release. Cause they wanted to have, quote unquote happy ending at least or give you some relief from the uh onslaught of just everybody dying for the rest of the movie so i can understand that interesting yep and i really love laura rams i mean i love jenna malone always i don't think she's Mm -hmm. like she's fine in this like i think all the acting's fine in this movie it's not like horrible you're not like oh these actors like the acting's good it's just the characters aren't fleshed out early enough to yeah, care so much exactly like the acting and and in the story everything is works i think it's just a simple monster movie is what it is yeah and but laura ramsey who's stacy i think is so good i think she is so good i find her terror quite authentic mm-hmm. and i love the grossness of like her slicing herself up and put like every time they're like pulling those plants out of her body it is so disgusting like it makes me quiver Mm -hmm. and i'm also just now realizing that uh the doctor guy he was texas chainsaw yeah he was the nerdy friend in texas chainsaw okay i was like he looks real familiar but i can't place his face okay that's it and then sean ashmore yep ice man himself i was gonna say he's from one of your your little movies yeah from the x-men series yeah, uh, he's he's also in the boys. He had a bit part in the boys, which was fun. That is fun. Recently, and the one thing I really loved is when 
the one guy is going down into like the pit at the very beginning, the foreigner, if you will, and mm-hmm. the rope breaks. There's just like no music or any sound of like it just happens and he just falls yeah. down to the darkness. And I love that because it's that's not typical for these sorts of movies. There would be like a stinger Dee, with the mu- yeah, yeah, some kind of music. And it cue, just but- is silent. And I'm like, that it like I wish people just realize how effective silence can be and living in like the actual what the sound is of an event happening as opposed to needing music and sound effects. And I found that really effective. Yeah. I thought that was a cool moment. The director has a new movie coming out called swallowed that I think is, I think he might be gay because I know what he is gay. Okay. You did read that. Cause I I had mentioned to you, like, hey, let's watch Bug Crush, which is his short film. (laughs) (laughs) But I've seen it a couple times. And I just rewatched the ending before we came in because that is what really gets me. So it's about like this, like sort of like outcast boy. And he's sort of enamored by this other group of boys who are like kind of bad boys. And they, they're kind of like, you know, they smoke cigarettes and they wear black. And at one point, the one of the boys like asks him to like come hang out with them. Mm-hmm. And then there's this like this weird thing with like bugs that when you put them on your skin, these like worms, they'll like get you high. Uh-huh. And they sort of encourage this like newcomer boy to like put them on his skin. And then it just gets really dark and fucked up. And the first time I watch it, and I remember being very high, Uh FYI, I was really stoned. But watching this short film, I briefly passed out. Oh, it's one wow. of the, and I think it was one of those things like maybe it was like lack of air, like maybe I took too hard of a hit and coughed too hard, like whatever. But I uh-huh. remember being like it was a combo of that and the disturbing quality of this film because it fed into that fear I have. And probably, I mean, I've been in this situation multiple times in my life where I put myself out there and to try to fit in or to get what I really want and to be something someone else I want. And then I'm put in a really precarious situation that could be potentially dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it really feeds into that. So I highly recommend it's on Vimeo. You can watch it in entirety. It's like 35 minutes long. So if anyone out there wants to go out and check it out, mm-hmm. I love it. I didn't get to rewatch it, but it's disturbing. And I don't know if it's just to me feeding into those major fears I have about trying to fit in and then someone like taking advantage of me or it going not how I wanted it to go <laughs> yeah. into dark territory. It feeds I, into my fears. I did read some, uh, again, neither of us got to watch it in time, but I uh, I did read some reviews on Letterboxd to see, you know, because uh, I saw it's got decent ratings, I think, at least from people. And it's definitely championed as a like iconic, maybe not iconic, but uh, a big piece of queer cinema. Uh, but crush. So I'm like, OK, so it's feeding into very because I'm seeing this. Uh, what's it, his name's Carter Smith, the director. Yeah. And yeah, his new movie swallowed again. I, I was kind of looking at that on Letterboxd as well. And a lot of people are saying like it's very much a gay movie, like for mm-hmm. the, uh, based around gay experience and um I'm, I'm i'm fascinated to see what that entails because nobody gives any details <laughs> about like it's all these very obtuse like reviews and i'm like okay well i really want to see this thing now and see uh uh what what it's about and did you see jamie marks is dead i thought we had talked about that have you not seen that i've not seen that i think okay. you mentioned it before um so yeah as far as i can tell this is the only carter smith movie i've seen now is the ruins okay 
But yeah, I think it's well done. I think it still holds up all these whatever, almost like whatever, 15 years later, just about. Yeah. I think it's still decent. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it, but but it still grossed me out. still made me squirm a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't love any of the endings. I, I like a bleaker ending. And I suppose no matter what, it ends with them, like with the new people coming upon it. And that is sort of like, oh, it's all going to happen again. It's going to start all over. Yeah. But it's, I think, super fun, especially in the book where I think it, you would never tele, telegraph. What is that? No, not telegraph. Telegraph yeah. that something's going to happen. Is that the right word? Yeah. Figure out that it's going to, yeah. what's going on is what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like yeah. visually, like like you were saying, like you sort of figure things out. And especially once that they kill the little boy, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, oh, the plants. The Don't plant. fuck with the plants because, yeah, they clearly know it's bad and they let people just die there that come there and interfere with the plants. So I'm assuming it must be. Well, yeah, because it's taking over their bodies and shit. I imagine it's like a virus. They have to keep it contained there or else it'll proliferate and consume yeah. everybody. But especially given the movie setting it in this like temple looking thing, it sort of feeds into what you, you know, your hypothesis that it was some sort of curse or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like deeper meaning there is. Like, and I think there somehow, is. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just love that we don't have to find out or we don't get like flashbacks or, you know. Yeah. Any of it's that n- crap. It's not necessary for your enjoyment of the film. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll take it. All right, so out of five bloody plant tentacles, I almost said testicles. Plant testicles. <laughs> plant. They may have testicles, I don't know. Out of five bloody plant tentacles, how many would you give the runes? I give it, I'm going to give it a solid three. That is precisely what I'm going to give it. Get out of my hat. Oh, uh, yeah, because I mean, I wasn't necessarily wowed. And I don't know if I'll immediately seek this out again, Uh, but I wouldn't mind watching it. You know, if it's on, I won't change the channel, so to speak. So, well, there we go. One. Scare of approval. Yes, 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 yes. Go. It's a good summer movie. Check it out. And yeah, don't go to Mexico. Or do go to Mexico. I love Mexico. Just (laughs) don't go. You just went. Yeah. Just don't go to any ruins. Yeah. Don't go to the ruins. Okay. Yeah. All right, moving on to uh, the original The Mummy from 1932. The OG. By, the OG, directed by Carl Freund, uh, who, if I remember, he was the cinematographer on the original Dracula as well. Um, but the tagline is, it comes to life. An ancient Egyptian priest named Imhotep is revived when an archaeological expedition finds his mummy and one of the archaeologists accidentally reads an ancient life-giving spell. Imhotep escapes from the field site and searches for the reincarnation of the soul of his lover. Yeah, I didn't expect that aspect of it. Yeah. Like the Bride of Frankenstein sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think this movie's fine. I feel like of all of the classic monster movies I've watched the lesser of them Mm -hmm. like but i'm just i can't help but just think what was this like to watch at the time like every time you saw his crazy eyes which i loved those shots of his eyes like lighting Mm. up brightening up so cool but like when people saw that were they screaming were they fainting like did this scare the shit out of people because i just can't fathom that but yeah i I hope so (laughs) i hope it did 
I just thought he was going to be a mummy for so much more of it. I was like, oh, (laughs) he's like barely a mummy. Nope. I mean, he's always a mummy, but. My understanding is too, like the makeup was so intensive. I think Karloff had like petitioned to be like, I'll do like a big scene in it. Um, but I'm not going to be done up in that whole get up the entire time. Like we got it. You got to come up with something, <laughs> something else. So, and also I never knew that that wrapping someone up like that was like a, a death penalty or whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Is that if that's, a thing? I don't know if that's historically accurate, but um, maybe, maybe there's cases. I know usually mummification was, reserved at least in egypt was reserved for you know pharaohs and nobility and important people and it was after you died they preserved you so yeah that's what i thought and why did they like chip away at the like casket after they put them in it that was uh because they say something about there there's uh uh, religious like rites incantations around there and they like scratched it off so the idea is that in the afterlife he's not going to be protected by the gods he's supposed to be because he you know transgressed against the the temple and their their religion so they uh they uh essentially damned him by chipping okay. off that stuff that he'll oh i see like they talked yeah. about earlier they were like oh yeah because they were like, maybe this happened to him because he was so gay. That's what they said. Yeah, like, maybe he was exact- so gay. They, they did say did perhaps he got a little too gay with the <laughs> Vestal Virgins. <laughs> you know the line so well. I do. Yeah, I've I seen this that. like a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So he played Frankenstein? Yep. He was the Frankenstein monster. Because you can't help but think of Frankenstein when you see him. Yeah, and that was that was the star-making role for Boris Karloff. Uh, he had been, he was already like middle-aged by the time he played Frankenstein's monster, and he had already had like a stage career and like a supporting actor career, but it never really took off. He was always doing like day laborer like jobs and stuff as well during all that time, and he kind of he kind of just did the acting for the love of it. He had no intentions of blowing up but then he got to play the monster and it turned him into a legitimate you know hollywood icon so from there he kind of just got to do whatever got offered to him so and the lead gal in it is so odd looking i'm not gonna say like she's ugly or anything like that because that's just rude but she I don't know. I couldn't figure out what or who she looked like. It was just, I thought this was like your leading lady at the time. Like, it seems mm-hmm. like all these other movies, I've never thought that any of these other older classic monster movies, but here I just thought, Hmm. I'm yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. She does have a unique look. Is Zeta Johan is her name. Uh, I was looking her up too. And I, I've, she only did like a few other movies, it looks like, and I don't know any of them. So, okay. I don't think she was a particularly big name. Or maybe she was. Maybe we we're just dumb and she's lost to, you know, history. Like maybe she was huge back almost a hundred years ago. And yeah, that is crazy that it's almost a hundred years old. Yeah, I think I just read, uh, I saw somewhere is going to have a screening of this movie and it is the 90th anniversary. Wow. So yeah, that's wild. That is wild. And you know, this movie, just FYI folks, if you want to know if the dog is dead, well, don't watch this movie. The dog dies. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> as soon as I saw that dog, I'm like, oh, he's not long for this world. No. Nope. And then you hear him, the cat, you know, <laughs> the the cat, which is apparently some sort of Egyptian cat monster, actually. <laughs> but that happens off screen. So now did any of these monster movies used to scare you when you were a kid? Oh, definitely. I always from this movie. Um, and I, I don't know. I'll have to ask him for some reason in my mind. I have that this movie was a particular favorite of my dad's because I remember watching this with him more than a few times as a kid, like when it would be on TV, he'd be like, oh, the mummy's on. We got to watch it. Um, but uh, yeah, this one specifically that first scene, the opening of him as the actual mummy coming to life. I just thought that was so creepy. And then the over the top reaction of the uh, the archaeologist that's there that totally loses his mind and he can't stop laughing after he sees the mummy get up and walk away. Like I always thought that was a really unnerving scene as a kid, the way it's played out. Um, the rest of it is kind of like, Oh, okay. It's just the mystery of what he's up to, I suppose. And all that. But yeah, that first scene I think was freaky. Yeah. And I kept thinking it was going to be like Halloween had pulled from it. Like I kept thinking he was, you were going to see him like rise up in the back, but it didn't quite work out that way. Yeah, not quite. And it's funny too, because your guess at what this movie would be about a mummy going around killing people. Uh, that's what all the sequels are. Okay. This, of course, generated like a lot of the uh, Frankenstein and Dracula and all that. All of those were the original like sequel franchises in Hollywood. So they made a bunch more mummy movies and all of those technically about a different mummy. So everyone always says, well, this movie didn't have a direct sequel. They made more mummy movies, but they all have like a different plot line where it's a different mummy, but that mummy stays a mummy that just goes around killing people the entire time. Does he just strangle them? Yeah, pretty much strangles them, you know, and they're like, he broke his neck and stuff like that. So it's just like the mummy's unnatural strength that kills you with it. Interesting. Yeah. And and all of those are like, those are such quick watches, too, because I think all of them are like an hour long, like all of the sequels, like they're even shorter than this movie. So, And every time he like would look in his pool of the future or whatever... Like he would look and he would be seeing what's going on elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And it always was, it always looked like he was look, watching a TV. Like there was like this interesting yeah. border around it. It's kind of cool. And I like the flashback sequence. I think that's kind of interesting for the mm-hmm. time period, especially the fact that they show those guys like actually get impaled by arrows. Yeah, I thought uh, that looks cool. And so you're like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a shocking amount of violence for, you know, something from the 30s. But uh, this movie was also pre-code, as they say. They hadn't created the Hayes Code yet, which is where everything gets really, uh, you know, uh, sanitized for the public, where, like, vi- extreme violence and any sexuality and stuff gets removed. So some of these pre-code movies have a little more freakier stuff than you would expect from something from the early 30s. And it never ceases to amaze me that the ending of these movies... It's just like, oh, by the end, like, it's like, oh, we got to wrap this up. We were a couple days over budget. Let's just, yep. let's just close it on out. Here yep, we go. We killed the mummy's dead. The end. Credits, credits, credits. Yeah, <laughs> the credits roll. <laughs> I do also, every time I watch this too, uh, or I should say in recent, my recent viewings of this in uh, 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 more recent years, I had gotten really interested in the character in the movie uh, is the Nubian. Uh, they refer to him as the the manservant 
that gets, you know, hypnotized mm-hmm. by the mummy, which of course, uh, very outdated racial tropes there. Uh, but the actor playing him was named Noble Johnson. Uh, and he was a black actor from uh, the golden age. Pre- I mean, he did dozens of silent films. Uh, apparently he was a childhood friend of Lon Chaney. Uh, so they grew up getting into acting together. And I guess they practiced like makeup because Lon Chaney was famous for doing his own makeup and transforming himself. And I guess Noble Johnson also had that skill with makeup and transformation because you, uh, you read into his life story uh, and he's like an icon of early horror in my mind. Cause he's in this movie. He's in the original King Kong. He's the leader of the tribe that lives on the Island. He's in its sequel, son of Kong. Um, he plays this crazy Russian guy in the movie, the most dangerous, the most dangerous game adaptation from the thirties. So like he played a whole bunch of ethnicities. So he was, he's a very interesting character that it's like just now, I think the world, the cinema world is really starting to dig into his legacy. Cause you try and read about him and you're like, Oh, that's again, the, you know, disparity, racial disparity of Hollywood where he is this very successful black actor for his time period. But the wider world didn't really culture didn't pay any attention to him until, you know, uh, or people that are now interested in that. You can actually start to find that information. The so. wider world or the whiter world. Yeah. The both? whiter, both actually the wider <laughs> world. Definitely. Cause uh, I guess he was a success. He was also a successful producer in his own right. Uh, making uh, movies specifically for black audiences uh, in that, in the silent and into the early sound era. So. And Noble Johnson. Noble Johnson. That's a great name. name. Yeah, that's a that's a movie star. That's name. a star's name. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if I can spread the word of this guy, you know what a fascinating character. So look him up and uh, read up on him. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, it's it's fun. I I just none of these really speak yeah. to me completely. I know it's they're definitely. Uh, they mean a lot to me having grown up on them. So there's a lot of nostalgia tied into them, but they're, uh, they're definitely relics. Um, and if uh, a lot of these old movies, I know I always run the risk with these older movies and the silent films too, that they certain things just don't translate to modern sensibilities. So if you're not used to them, it can be uh, hard getting jumped into this world of, uh, <laughs> of uh, getting into these hundred year old movies. Yeah, and I uh, I know someone who is like very anti anything black and white, and I'm not that way. I'm not like, oh, if it's black and white, I'm going to hate it. But there is just something I can't seem to transport myself and be like, oh, here's how it must have been for them back then, and therefore I can enjoy it on these different levels. I still have mm-hmm. to sort of compare it to what I know and love now. I I don't know. So I can respect it and appreciate it. Just don't yeah. love it. And it, it, there is something to be said too that the, the the characters themselves out of these movies, the Mummy, Frankenstein's monster, you know, the Wolfman, they're immediately iconic, and they've remained like part of the uh, uh, part of our pop culture, our shared pop culture. So there's, I think, something to be said for that. These character designs, definitely. Okay, so out of out of five uh, charms of the god Isis, how many do you give it? I'm going to give it a three. I'm just going to be three for three today. Not bad. Uh, I give this one a four. Okay. Uh, and a lot of that is tainted by my, I've seen this so many times. And every time I watch it too, I'm a, I immediately think of my childhood because we sure. watch this one so much. So the nostalgia factor 
gives yeah. it some extra juice. So I give it a four. And there we go. Another scare of approval. Another scare of approval. That's right. And thematically, they kind of work too. It's been they a did. while. Yeah, they they're did. got archaeology about digging around in ancient ruins. Don't do it because bad stuff's going to come out. That's right. Let things be. Yeah, just let them be. Let sleeping dogs lie because they're probably just dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to write us, scaring and sharing at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, scaring and sharing, all one word. Follow us on whatever, wherever. Like us, rate us, review us, smash that like button. Subscribe. <laughs> and can't wait to have you back next week. Yes. To share some more scares. Yes, please return to yes. be scared. And remember, all hail Videodrome. Long live the new Flash. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. <laughs> Death to Videodrome. Death to Vi- I like hail to, Vi- hail to Videodrome. Long live the new Flash. <laughs> and as always, guys, evil dies tonight. Keep watching those scary movies and talking about them because... Scaring is sharing. The more you know. Me, 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 me. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.